This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Welcome back for another OG Show Live. Mr. Randall, how you doing? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down... Welcome back to another episode of Bass Fishing for News. Hi, boys and girls. Welcome to once again the Bass Cag oh, Brother, this is the final cast. Another segment of uh, Chasing the Tide, your saltwater connection on the Palatine. Welcome back, everyone. Another episode of Feather and Fur, your host. Welcome back to the Mindset Alpha. I'm your host, Hey, welcome back to Off the Water. Happy here with Adventures of Outdoor Woman Podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Rusty Hook Kayak Fishing Podcast. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, go to eastport.info. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Mindset Podcast. I'm your host Chris Slipka. Today we're sitting down with Matt Souders, uh, one of the newest members. Well, not really new anymore, but yeah, I mean, I it, think it, still it still feels like <laughs> But uh, so, how's your day going so far, man? I know it's early. Yeah, so far, that's all right. No, so far it's been going good. Yeah. Um, had a nice weekend off, so didn't get a fish, but it's all right. Had a good weekend off anyway. So nice yeah, way to I mean, I woke up, it's 30 degrees out here today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I got a freeze warning on my phone for tomorrow, so that sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's coming, unfortunately. Dude, slowly but surely, but it's weird because Ohio, our weather sucks. So it's gonna be we have a freeze warning tomorrow, and then it's gonna be in the seventies all next week. So yeah, makes sense. It's typical for the Midwest. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but so I wanted to have you on today. Just kind of, I know you have an army background. And, Marine Corps. Uh, Marine. I'm sorry. You're good. Yeah. Uh, but 
a Marine Corps background that kind of has to do a lot with mindset and a lot with, you know, having the mental strength to do what you guys go out there and do on a day-to-day basis. And then how you kind of brought that into fishing and how fishing has helped you transition kind of. Oh, for sure. So if you just want to get a little background on yourself and then we can kind of just get into some questions. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like you said, my name is Matt Souders. I am, <clears throat> I am still, I'm not even the newest member. I was now thinking I'm not even the newest member of Paddle and Finn. Oh yeah. Like, that's right, cause, came in. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm no longer the boot. Um, I joined Paddle and Finn back in April of this year. Uh, I'm a co-host with Brad Hicks on the final cast, which is a product show for the Paddle and Finn network. Um, uh, I was in the Marine Corps from 2011 to 2017. Uh, I was an 03311, which is an infantryman uh, or rifleman. And then I transferred over to something called Stapleton, which is basically a snout scout sniper platoon. Um, it's a battalion element. Um, but yeah, I did that. And then I, I got out in 2017, like I said, and then I came back home to old good Dayton, Ohio, uh, which wasn't my choice, but my wife wanted to come home with family. So I'm here. Uh, and I've just been trucking ever since. Okay. So what are some kind of lessons that, you learn in the Marine Corps that you can kind of transition over to your regular life? Uh, actually a ton. So I went in the Marine Corps a little bit older. Uh, I was 21 when I went in the Marine Corps. Uh, 21 or 22? I think I was 21. I'm to the age now. I don't remember <laughs> how old I am half the time. But um, uh, I went in a little bit older than... <clears throat> your average people do. So a lot of people go in straight from high school or they never lived on their own or they, some, a lot of them never had jobs. So they go in and they just get formed into a Marine and that's their adulthood. But I had moved out when I was 18. I had a job since I was 16, uh, moved in the Marine Corps, but I was still super immature. Um, and I was just, you know, wasn't the most responsible person ever. I mean, I lived with Brad for a year and a half, so he could tell you some stuff about how, uh, how, how mature and smart I was. Uh, but going into the Marine Corps, it, it, everything it teaches you minus some things, obviously, right? Like what my job was, that's not really, that doesn't really transfer into the civilian yeah. world. Well, because like, I'm not having to kill people, but yeah. <laughs> All the, all the core tenets the Marine Corps teaches you, I mean, responsibility, time management, uh, you know, understanding, uh, adapting to situations, like all that transfers over. Um, and it, I mean, since I've gotten out <clears throat> and it doesn't happen for everybody because some people get out and they just want to completely cut off. They just didn't have a great time and they want to cut off uh, their time in the service and they can try all they want, but there's still some things that'll, that'll always come over. Like, like I said, I mean, time management's a big thing, especially for Marines. We get everywhere 15 minutes early. Uh, I was, uh, seven minutes late to this show. And about 15 minutes ago, I was freaking out because I wasn't already on my computer. Like that's just, I mean, <laughs> it teaches time management, big, uh, responsibility for your actions. I mean, you, you, you take it, you take responsibility for things you do. Um, and then, you know, 
accountability and adapting. Adapting is the big thing that I've taken from the Marine Corps to my personal life is if something goes wrong, it's not like, a, well, it's gone wrong and now I'm flustered and I don't know what to do. My mind's kind of wired now to where, okay, that went wrong. Let's figure out what to do to fix it and move on. Um, which has helped quite a bit for the simple fact that life isn't perfect. And as anyone and a lot of people say, uh, your plans never survive contact, which means you can plan all you want for something. In the Marine Corps, it means you can plan all you want for something until bullets start flying and it's just not going to work. That's just how it yeah. is. But in, in real life, I mean, you, you make plans. No matter what plan you make, it's very rare everything goes off perfectly. So being able to adapt has helped hugely in my personal life and then in my fishing life. I mean, that's that's a big thing. You go out and I know we'll get into this, but you go out and you're, you're thinking you're throwing five lures and you throw those five lures and every fish in where you're fishing says, I'm not eating those lures today. And you got to do something stupid. So, and you just adapt and it, yeah. it, it's helped quite a bit, but yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can see how adaptability and time management really help oh, just yeah. in, just in your personal life, especially the time management part of things, because we all know we could get better at that. Yeah, that's and that's one of the biggest things I struggled with. I mean, before I went in the Marine Corps, I would like I I always showed up to work on time, but if I had to be at work at nine, I was there at eight fifty nine and fifty eight seconds. Like I was right yeah. there. Um, so if I'd hit any traffic, I would have been late, and I had been late. And then after getting out of the Marine Corps, I leave for work about forty five minutes early, and it takes me about fifteen minutes to get to work. So I'm there half hour early every day, and it's not it's not necessarily that I feel like I have to, like it's not a burden that I do that. Cause whatever I go anywhere, I always like if me and my wife and I actually got my wife to do it. If we need to that's leave the, it, that's, that's the hard part. I know and it, <laughs> it bugged the crap on me for a long time, but if we leave at 10, she's ready at nine 45 to get in the car and or the truck. And she does, we, she knows I want to leave 15 minutes early. So whatever time I tell her subtract 15 minutes from that, that's when I want to actually leave. And yeah. she knows. So we'll leave in the, you know, and it's not because I feel like I have to. I just like it's it's a it's freeing. Like my mom growing up would always put the time in the car five minutes fast because it would trick her mind to where she'd look at it and she thinks she's late, but she actually has five minutes. Yeah. So it would like help her. Like for me, we're leaving 15 minutes early. What were we gonna do with that 15 minutes anyway? But now we have all this extra time to where if you, you want to stop to get something, you can if we have to stop for gas or something, or if you wanna if we want to get somewhere early before blah, blah, blah. I mean, we can do those things. So it's, it's, it's time management is awesome. That's the one thing I would preach to everybody before you do anything in life and you want to change something, get everywhere 15 minutes early and make sure everything's ready 15 minutes early and your life. You will find will be a lot easier and simpler and everything will fall into place after that. It's awesome. Yeah. I agree with that because I know I had to learn time management with all the things I have going on. I, I yeah <laughs> yeah Man. i mean and it doesn't always like for example after i got in the marine corps i had a tournament last year the one time i didn't practice time management because my alarm didn't go off i wanted to be on the water at 5 45 lines in were at 6 a.m i woke up at 5 45 and i was like oh no and you know what happened since i didn't have the time to get ready and everything i forgot a marker to write the identifier down. I forgot the identifiers I made the night before. 
So I didn't get on the water till 645 because I had to go to a speedway, beg them for a marker that they thought I was going to steal when I was just going to write the identifier on my hand. <laughs> get to the lake. There's like 19 other people at this spot that no one else knew about. So, of course, everyone knows about it. Uh, and I was so frustrated when I got there. I, lo- I dropped my catchboard in the water. It wasn't tethered, as everyone knows. I've lost two of them so far. The new one is tethered, everyone. Tether your catchboards and your crap on your kayak. Uh, lost my catchboard. Now, that turned out its own little happiness because I made a couple friends because I used other people's catchboards during the tournament after I messaged the tournament director and said, hey, I lost it. Can I use other people's? And he said, I don't care. That's fine. So I used, like, I made some friends. But, but yeah, I mean, if I would have been on time and – used what i preached with time management that day would have been a hundred percent different yeah and the super frustrating day it became so yeah time management is number one in my book is if you don't have that get that and everything else will seem easier just great yeah so now you said the other thing that you is adaptability so how do you use that on on the water per se so adaptability on the water is a big thing, right? So a lot of fishermen, we know we could, you can pre fish a body of water for a tournament for a week straight and then go out there day of, and nothing that was working for that whole week works. I mean, there's, there's, I guarantee you, Chris, there's stretches of water that you go to that, you know, you could throw five or six lures or one lure and you know, you'll catch fish. But if you go out there and they're not biting that one lure, you got to be able to change and not get super frustrated. So what adaptability has done for me, fishing wise is whenever I run into a problem, um, whether it's getting to a spot and for some reason I can't fish that spot. Now I, I don't get frustrated as easy because it it can be super frustrating when a plan you're making doesn't go to plan and everything changes. Um, but it's, it's kind of taught me to, okay, well, plan a didn't work, but you have plan B plan C plan D plan E and you have all these different options. Uh, and I go into pretty much every section of my life with that, but on the water, it's, I can go out there. If they're not biting the patterns that I've already figured they're biting on, I don't get frustrated and kind of shut down or just keep throwing the lures they're not biting. I'll switch into, you know, a whole different technique. Uh, for example, a couple weeks ago I was out and this was, nah, it was probably two months ago, um, summer fishing here. A lot of people still throw the Ned rig and stuff on the river. I just don't. I don't think, I mean, it's a finesse technique. They'll eat it. Yeah. But they're, they'll eat bigger stuff and get better quality fish. But I was throwing, I've been throwing a jig all year, getting bit on it. And I went out and I couldn't get a bite on the jig. Couldn't get a bite on the spinner bait. Couldn't get a bite on the chatter bait. Couldn't get a bite on the crank bait. And those are what I was catching fish all year on. So I was like, well, I usually don't pick this up till October, but I'll throw a Ned rig. And I just switched pretty seamlessly into it. Uh, Everyone knows I'm a power fisherman. I hate throwing super finessey stuff. It's boring and I don't like doing it, but I did it and I caught like 19 fish that day. I mean, they just wanted something smaller and more finessey and it just switched into that. And a lot of people will get, you know, they'll go out and their plan was to throw a jig, a Texas rig and a crankbait. And they'll go out and they'll throw a jig, a texture rig, a crankbait, and they won't get bit on it. And instead of adapting to that situation and changing, they'll just keep throwing it. And they'll never get bit on it. Um, you see it a lot on big swim bait guys. They'll go out and they'll we'll be throwing these big huddlesons and stuff. And obviously the bite's slow, but there are some days you just know some, nothing's going to bite this. But they'll just keep throwing it because that's what all they want to do. And they don't want to catch anything other than on a swim bait. 
which is fine on like fun fishing, but when it comes to tournaments and stuff, being able to adapt and to change spots like that spot, if I would have got there as early as I did for that one tournament and saw so many people there, I had other spots I could have gone to. Now that goes into time management. I didn't have the time to go to the other spots, but if I would have got there solid, I'd have been like, okay, I just turn right back around. I've got four other spots within five minutes of this that I can go drop in. And I guarantee no one's going to be there. Yeah. Um, so it's definitely helped on the water to where, you know, if something, uh, it goes down to the point, if a rod breaks and I know they're biting on a jig and I break my jig rod, I have another rod that I can make a jig rod and I just have to change it and make the jig rod. Like it's, it's, it's there. So being able to adapt and change certain aspects of what you're doing, no matter what it is, is a big help. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with that one because. I know there's plenty of times out there, man, especially like you said, during tournaments where everything you practice for is not working on tournament day and you just have to really know. Because oftentimes the fish don't move. They just decide they don't want that anymore. Yeah. And I will say, you know, whether I'm super adaptable or not, that is still stupid, annoying. Uh, (laughs) And Brad, Brad Hicks, Brad uh, likes to say all the time. He's like, you know, I'll be looking at a piece of cover. I'll be throwing a jig in it and they're not eating it. And I was like, dude, there's a fish on this cover and it's a jig on cover. They should be eating it. And he'll say, well, you got to remember, dude, bass don't read the same articles we do. Yeah, That's a Jeff little uh, saying. And I don't care if they don't, I don't, I don't care. That's stupid. They should just eat it because they're supposed to. Uh, But yeah, I mean, being able to adapt, I've, I've watched guys that I fished with say the same thing and they just keep throwing the jig anyway and they haven't got a bite for like a whole stretch we'll be we'll both be on a boat or something going up a whole bank side not and i'll throw it and about halfway up i'll be like okay well this is dumb they should be eating the jig but i'll throw a little paddle swim bait and then i'll start getting bit when it's a pattern that we haven't found there's no reason they've been eating the jig for months and now one day they just don't want and then the next time you go back out guess what they're eating again they're eating the jig again so it's just that one day they didn't want it and just being able to switch up I mean, it's it's it can make or break you in a tournament to be able to. Yeah, it, have, well, it's like it could be the difference between first place and last place. Oh, 100 percent. Or catching yeah. fish and not catching fish. Yeah. I mean, the ultimate goal for a tournament fisherman is to get a limit, right? Whether you 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 know your ultimate goal should be to win, but getting a limit isn't the easiest thing to do every Ooh. tournament out there. Uh, I continue to struggle with that. I mean, and it's, <laughs> maybe so do I. I mean, that tournament I ended up getting 14th in it. Uh, and I only fished half the day because I had to go to a, a birthday party for my nephew that afternoon. But I only fished half the day. There was like 15 people on this small, I call it a pond. Everyone else calls it a lake. But I've been fishing a lot in the south. And our lakes here are like big ponds. But, <laughs> you know, I was able to adapt because they weren't eating anything I knew they would should be eating. So I threw on a caffeine shad and was just throwing a shad around like a, a fluke just in the middle of summer throwing a soft body jerk bait and they, I was getting hammered on it. Hadn't caught a fish on it all summer. Wasn't working anywhere else. So I literally, I lucked out by having the pack in there because it was underneath my seat, underneath my tackle box. And I didn't even know it was there. And I had two EWG hooks with me and I was like, well, I mean, I have it. So I might as well tie it on, <laughs> tie it on. And I, I caught three fish still didn't get a limit. And, uh, I, l- I just lucked out because no one else, everyone else is having struggling getting limits except for the top 10. Top 10 had limits. Everyone 11th place out had four or less fish. So, yeah, getting the limits is hard. 
Like that's that's my goal every time I go out. Whether I'm, I'm I want to win, obviously, but my goal is I want to go out and I want to catch five fish of the size. Because if you do that consistently, it's you're just bound to win eventually. Yeah, it happens. So yeah, that's always been one of my struggles is just finding five fish. But I've also had in the last two years adventure out to places I've never been to before and states I've never been to before, and yeah. it's like. It's a whole new world outside of Illinois fishing. Oh, uh, I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, they say I, I love this this phrase because I I hundred percent believe it. So for Ohio fishermen, our fishing sucks so bad that you could take us. And I'm not counting Erie for all the listeners out there who are like, well, they have Erie. Erie's not Ohio fishing. That's 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 uh, a cheat code. Um, I'm talking inland Ohio fishing. You can take an Ohio inland Ohio fisherman and put him anywhere in the United States. Wherever you say, like, I've, I've been, you know, I've seen guys who are from Ohio go down to Georgia and they're having a hard day of fishing in Georgia and the Ohio fishermen's catching fish because we yeah. were used to slow, crappy fishing when there's no fish and you put us in a, everyone else can't catch a fish. I remember I was in the Marine Corps. I went down and my buddy's from Florida and we're fishing in North Carolina and he's throwing five inch flipping baits and stuff and he's not catching anything. And this is before the Ned rig got big. I had some old Ned or Midwest finesse jigs that a buddy had poured. Well, his dad had poured. Oh, there's my front door. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> and uh, I had some, I was throwing them and I was catching fish. He's like, how are you catching fish? I was like, dude, I'm throwing a Senko that I cut in half on this little tiny jig. He's like, that's stupid. I was like, I'm catching fish. I don't know what's stupid about it. Sorry. It's not a five inch bait. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you could take an Ohio fisherman and you can put us anywhere. And we'll catch yeah. fish. Yeah, I can believe I can see that because I kind of feel that same way about Illinois too. Just because, I mean, it's kind of gotten better. They've kind of started taking care of their lakes a little bit better now. But it was it used to be really really tough just to get one bite out here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, then you understand exactly how it is. Yeah. Man. I mean, you go you go to other states, especially down south, and you start fishing, and you're like. Ohio fishermen and you know us northern fishermen were like this is the best day we've ever had and everybody else was like yeah. oh we only caught six fish I was like man I'm happy I'm lucky to catch like two fish a day yeah now lately the GMR has uh, been producing <laughs> so I've been catching good fish so I'm not going to complain but <laughs> yeah yeah I'm the same I'm of the same way like the there's only one lake where I feel really confident in catching multiple fish but uh but like when I went, I think what was it? Where was that at? Anywhere basically in Wisconsin was Sturgeon Bay. Sturgeon Bay, the hardest part about Sturgeon Bay was just um getting getting to the fish and finding them. Once you found them, you caught them like there was nothing. But yeah, I completely know what you're talking about when it comes to um having confidence like i have no confidence in any of our lakes like to be honest like i can go to some <laughs> of them and i like a good day would be catching three fish it would i mean our lakes our lakes just suck unless you go farther north like there's you know the farther north you go the better the fishing gets but i'm not driving four hours when i have the beautiful great miami river and i'll just fish that yeah yeah i get what you're saying i wouldn't I, well, it's it's kind of like a hike, like because we have I have Wisconsin about two hours away. Oh, and once you cross over into Wisconsin, the fishing out how somehow all, all suddenly becomes great. Yeah. But, 
But it's still, you know, it's still a drive. It's still gas money, and it's still, you know, all that stuff yeah. that goes into it. You got to at least make the commitment for the weekend if you're going to do that. Yeah, which, you know. I mean, I can see that, too. I could drive north and go to Michigan and catch tons of fish, or I could go south to, you know, Tennessee's only four hours, four or five hours away, so I can go there if I want, or I can go. Even Indiana has some good fishing. So it's just like I'm on, on an island, but you're right. I mean, a yeah. lot more go, goes into that, like, you know, gas money, lodging, if I'm going to sleep in the truck or if I'm going to find somewhere to stay. So, yeah, it can be tough. Yeah. Well, we're about, I would say we lost about a couple minutes, but yeah. Uh, before we go, I just want to get, I, I normally ask this at the beginning of the show, but we kind of just got right into it. Um <laughs> What does mindset mean to you, not only in fishing, but kind of in life? Uh, mindset, I mean, to me, with my experience and everything, um, it's really the make or break for a person. So if you have a negative mindset and as someone who's, you know, I, I, I battle some mental stuff. Um, so I've been on both sides of it. Uh, having a negative mindset and having a positive mindset having a negative mindset, no matter what you're doing will make what you're doing bad. Um, it could be in a bad situation where you're, you know, you might have a bad day at work. If you have a negative mindset, it's a way worse day at work. Or, you know, uh, as someone, like I said, who's, who's dealt with both sides of that spectrum, you know, I could be with all my loved ones or I could be out fishing or I could, you know, it could be anything. If I have a bad, when I had a bad mindset and my mind was kind <clears> of, <throat> you know, a little, um, harder to, to find the happiness and stuff. It was very rare that I would find a whole lot of joy. Uh, and that was just because I was dealing with some stuff. I had, I had a different, well, a different mindset. I had, you know, I was, I had a negative outlook on a lot of stuff. I was focusing on more of the bad than the good. And it, it completely changed who I was as a person, um, to where, I mean, people didn't want to be around me and, you know, I was dealing with some stuff and changing my mindset. And this was all while still having like, the, like we talked about earlier, my adaptability that was still there when I had a bad mindset and my, you know, my time management was still there when I had a bad mindset, but it was more, there's more frustration packed into it. So I could adapt, but I'd be, I would be madder and I'll get out in a, in a heartbeat changing my mindset to where, now I've got kind of a go with the flow mindset or, you know, try to find some good in something um, and try to stay positive. My whole outlook has changed. So I don't get frustrated as easy. Um, you know, I can kind of, I can more or less just go with the flow. So things don't bother me as often. Like if someone does me wrong, I'm not super mad uh, anymore. Like I used to be. Uh, I kind of just go with it and say, well, I'm not going to let it, ruin my whole day so even when i have bad days at work with a positive mindset i'm just at work that's how i look at it i'm, I'm having a bad day but i get off at 7 p.m and i'm like today if i go to work and i'm having a bad day because it's monday and i work in retail so i'm probably gonna have some idiots it's just how it goes uh for all those people who go to stores on monday i'm not talking about you maybe who knows maybe you're one of them um but you know, I get off at seven and at seven o'clock when I lock the doors at the store, I leave that behind me. No matter if I had a bad day or not, I get in my truck. I've done some things to kind of help me 
move on from sections. I, I call them sections of my day. So how you get through boot camp, for example, and boot camp is, I'll say this for everyone who ever wants to join the military, at least the Marine Corps boot camp will be the easiest time you ever go. It'd be the best 13 weeks of your life in the Marine Corps for the simple fact that you just have to go to, you have to get to breakfast and then the lunch and then the dinner. So you, I, that's taught me to section my day out. So I wake up, I've got the time before work, I've got work and I've got the time after work. So no matter what happens before work, I try not to bring it to me with work. No matter what happens to me at work, I don't bring that home. And, you know, I do some stuff to kind of keep myself in that positive mindset, whether it's tinker went down here with my lures or my reels or, you know, you know, relines and stuff or something like that and just disassociate from what I was doing or, I listen. I don't really listen to music a whole lot anymore. I don't think I've listened to actual music in my truck for I don't know five years now. I listen to books, audio books, because I can kind of focus on the book and it helps me forget if I had a bad day or something. Um, so disassociating from the bad and just focusing on the good has made it to where I can stay in that good mindset, which overall improves my mood. And it improves, you know, people around me aren't going to be so like if you're if you're in a bad mood all the time and you have a negative mindset all the time, people around you will notice and people aren't going to want to hang out with you. Uh, and being married, I don't want my wife to not want to be around me. So, yeah. uh, and it's something I, I dealt with a lot, especially after I got out of the Marine Corps. Um, really big change and you can be adaptable all you want, but my whole life pretty much changed. And it was, I got medically, uh, uh, medically separated from the Marine Corps because I about broke my back. I fell out of a helo in 17. Um, and uh, so getting out kind of sucked because it wasn't in my plan. And that's when that negative mindset really took hold for about two and a half years. I really was just, you know, I was dealing with a lot of stuff mentally. I was trying to adapt, but I didn't want to. And I was having the struggles. A lot of guys, when they get out of the military, have those struggles. They're not civilian life isn't kind to us because we've lived our lives very regimented and military focused where, you know, everything happens during the day and you have a plan for everything. And then you get out in the civilian world is anything but chaos. That's about all it is. And uh, I kind of I made a change and got. <clears throat> got myself right how I like to say it and my whole mindset changed and there's days obviously we're human so there's days I'll fall back into it but keep that positive mindset is the a mindset to me is the core it's the core of who you are if you have a negative mindset you'll have negative outcomes if you have a positive mindset you'll have positive outcomes and uh so trying to get to that positive and it can be a journey I mean for sure I mean it's it's definitely it can be things happen I know I know Chris I know you de dealt with some stuff Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sure last year, cause I was super pumped to meet you we've, we've <laughs> talked like this and we've talked a lot, you know, in the group and stuff, but I was, I was pumped to meet you at Dale hollow. And then you had a bunch of stuff happen like all at once. Yeah. And I can, I, 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 in my head, I was like, dude, I could, I can feel what he's going through because it's, it can, it can really change everything about what was going on. Taking breaks are a big thing. If you feel like your mindset's really falling and your core, your core person's really falling away, take a mental break. That's, we don't talk about a lot. Patty, uh, I can't remember his last name. He's an MMA fighter, but he, you know, had a big old thing on national TV about, especially if you're a man, no, we don't talk about our feelings and I'll test that. I don't talk to anybody really about my feelings. I just deal with it and move on. Uh, and what helped me get there is you talk about what's going on. If 
you're having issues, you talk about it to somebody because they can, you never know. What helped me was talking to people about it. And I found out they went through the same struggles I did when they got out. And then they gave me kind of the roadmap to, to get better. So it's definitely uh, having a good mindset will set you down the path for the rest of your life. If you're negative forever, it's life's going to be harder than it probably needs to be. So, yeah, I agree with all that. Yeah. Man, <laughs> sure. I mean, it, can, it can get you quick, man. I mean, yeah, a negative outcome. Cause if you have a negative mindset on stuff, the second you something bad happens, it's 10 times worse. And I can, I mean, it's, it's something as little, I remember, I mean, this is again, and two, I'll give you a little story about having a negative mindset. Cause I think it's important to talk about the bad stuff too. Uh, I was really angry all the time and my mindset sucked. I literally was like, I shouldn't never got in the Marine Corps. I should have tried to stay in more. I should have fought him on it. Cause this civilian life just sucks. And, uh, it was something as small as I got a nail in my tire and I can fix a patch in a tire in about five minutes. It really takes me no time at all. And I was so, I had such a negative outlook that day that that just compounded and I about exploded just cause I was overwhelmed. And, uh, cause I, my mind was just always negative. Oh, well I got a flat tire and now I'm going to be late for work, but I left 45 minutes early to deal with this stuff. But I wasn't thinking about all the stuff I set in place to make myself successful. I just made myself non-successful because I just exploded. I didn't get my tire patched. I literally just sat on the side of the road mad and angry. Um, and, uh, it, it set the tone for the rest of the day. And for a couple days, I mean, it just, you just keep focused on the negative. You're going to have negative outcomes. So focus on the pot, having a positive mindset will really, it'll get you a halfway to get into a positive outcome. And then you don't have to do as much work to get there. And you can just be happier overall. Life's better. People want to be around you. You tend to be happier. <laughs> you know, it's a plus. You get to enjoy things instead of just living and existing. Yeah. Someone who just existed for a couple years. It's not a way to live life. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. And it's funny that because all the people who are really successful in life say the same things that you just said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, and it's, I, I never believed it. I was like, yeah, yeah. you're just happy, man, because you have millions of dollars. I yeah. would be super happy if I had millions of dollars. Uh, but I mean, it's, well, I think some of them are probably just fronting because they, they do have millions of dollars. So it's really easy for them to be happy. Yeah, I, I think what they're saying is true. <clears throat> if you have positive outlook and positive mindset on stuff, things it's weird, but things just seem to happen good for it. Like things just go your way. Um, and it's mostly it's not things go your way. And you might think it is, but you've you've got that positive mindset, which gives you the the cognitive ability to do things without really thinking about them. And then you get success easier. Yeah. So it's the same thing as take it from someone who was a terrible student in school. If you have a positive outlook on school, because I did it in college, I was terrible in high school. I graduated with a 2.1 because I needed a 2.0 to play baseball. That's the only reason I even tried to get a 2.1. Bad student, went to the Marine Corps, got a kind of a positive outlook on that, and then went to college, kept that positive outlook in college, and graduated with a 4.0. I have a degree and all that. And I was always surprised. I was like, man, this is so much easier in high school. Well, it's not, it was harder than high school, but I just had a different outlook on it. 
and everything seemed to come to me easier because I had a positive outlook and mindset on it. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll end with that, sir. I don't want to keep you waiting too much longer. I know it's almost nine, but I appreciate you coming on and talking about these things, man. I feel like it's important to get it out there and it's important for people to listen to. Oh, I 100% agree. I think I wish there was more like, you know, with with the mindset podcast it, it show it it a lot of people can listen to it and it would be surprised you'd be surprised how many probably people think they can agree with what the person's saying or be like oh yeah i dealt with those things too and it's it, just knowing there's other people who've dealt with it and had the same outlooks you do kind of reinforce the things you do to make yourself better or it can show someone how to get better um, yeah so yeah i'm always I, like I said, I very rarely ever talk about my feelings with anybody, but it's it when I did, it helped a lot to get me to the point that I am now. So it's, I mean, some, a show like this is super important and it's not just in the fishing world. Now, granted, you know, we, we, we go into fishing and with a certain mindset to <clears throat> try to stay positive and not, you know, the second you get negative in a tournament, for example, you might as well just go home because everything's not going to go your way the rest yeah. of the day. Um, but with life in general, I mean, we only, we, we, we we're on the water a lot less than we all want to be and we're out doing regular things the rest of the day so mm-hmm. bring that positive mindset in with you is is what'll make or break you so yeah i mean i i appreciate you having me on i love talking about this stuff um in this setting because i feel like i can you know if i help one person out there that's all it that really matters yeah so. it's true appreciate you man i appreciate it. thanks for having me on guys uh yeah loved it thank you yep thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on paddle and finn be sure to drop a five-star rating a thumbs up or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on be sure to check us out on waypoint tv waypointtv.com make sure you sign up for the fantasy kayak fishing league at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy you could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures, your Midwest premier paddle sports destination. Go to rocktownadventures.com. Eastport Marina, the beautiful destination on Dale Hollow Lake. If you're looking for lodging, kayaks, kayak accessories, or anything fishing related on the beautiful Dale Hollow Lake, go to eastport.info. And Jig Masters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.